Welcome to Top Fives, the show of everything. Top Fives, presented by the Sex Effects. I'm Joy Prati. And I'm Sean Day. And folks, we just have a very... Uh, 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 we, we've got an eclectic show for you. I don't. I'm out of adjectives uh, this week because it's it's just so sprawling, and uh, I can't wait to get to it. Uh, but before we get to the eclecticness, Jonathan, how are you, my friend? Uh, good, man. Just uh, fresh from uh, from Thanksgiving break, I guess, or just a couple days of free time and spending with family and friends. So, um, yeah, it was fun, dude. I, I went to my girlfriend's uh, family's place in Santa Maria this year, and I worked actually on Thanksgiving, too, as well. So, so it was just kind of like a quick last-minute trip. and uh, But, you know, happy to, to have the company and, and some food and stuff. So, yeah, it was Right fun. on. And cool, I know man. we were f- reflecting last week on, you know, what we're thankful for. So um, it's just kind of cool to, to uh, finish that off and, you know, kind of make our way into... December, which is uh, the old holiday season. I love finishing off. You know that. <laughs> um, Joe, besides finishing off, uh, how are you doing this week? Doing all right, man. Uh, I went home for Thanksgiving, and me and my brother uh, hung out and uh, got faded, watched some gigolos, um, watched The Disaster Artist. I showed my family Baby Driver. Um so I really I brought them gifts in the in the form of viewing, um, so and entertainment, <laughs> enter, entertainment. So we we had a good time. Um, got all my Christmas shopping done. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm finay, and um, yeah, had a nice friendsgiving on Saturday um, with my folks and and their friends, family friends, um, the O'Connors and. Um, just had a very lovely time. Oh, and, and my Aunt Vic. I can't forget my Aunt Vic. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great time. And, um, yeah, I just finished some leftovers from that meal and, and my stomach cool. is happy, but yeah, my soul, Shawnee is happy to be doing the show with you Ooh, this evening. Soul. Got some soul. So there we go. <laughs> soul, motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> Um, awesome, dude. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. I'm glad you did, too. Um, real quick, bit of news. Do you have any news you'd like to share? I have one item. Uh, I've got one. I don't know if it's the same, but uh, Ricky Jay just passed away. Do you know who Ricky Jay is? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he, he was very interesting because I, I was listening to the radio, and I guess he's been in like 40 films or 40 odd films like more than that i feel yeah i, I remember seeing him in oh my god i i feel like i've seen it's subliminally i've seen him in probably so many movies but i can't think of any for the life of me right now um but i as a uh you know person who's interested in magic and deception and and has followed kind of like his uh kind of his little highlights and career uh ricky jay was such a huge influence on that community too and Actually, especially for being someone who was an avid uh, collector of um, uh, literature and and um, and books pertaining to like magic, and he was very very kind of a you know a, a magical historian. You know, he, he really nice. was um, into keeping you know that kind of um, tradition of of books and and passing along those you know different uh, teachings along. 
Um, so I found that very interesting. And of course he was, you know, a guy who acted in, in a couple of films too, and played the kind of mysterious characters or, or whatnot. So yeah, he was a very interesting, um, you know, uh, person. And, um, I think I've, I think I've mentioned one of his documentaries on this show before. And, um, it, yeah, he's a very interesting type of person and he's very, I would say a very dedicated and delicate to his, his craft. So, right on. Um, so that's yeah. That's the only thing I, as far as like this, as of, as of this week that I can think of. Um, but you know, okay. I guess yeah. Uh, hats off to Ricky Jay and and um, you know any and his family too as well. So yeah. And we also lost, uh, I believe, Nicholas Rogue is the name of the director, and uh, yeah, Bernardo right. Bertolucci. Um, so it's been it's been a crazy week. Oprah lost her mom on Thanksgiving. Uh, it's been it's been quite the death filled. Um, end of November, which sucks for everyone who's going through that. So keep them in your hearts for a little while, said Warren Zavon. Um, <laughs> I got one other piece of news, and this made me think of you. I wanted, I've wanted i been dying to talk to you about it. I guess The Hollywood Reporter ran a thing about um, they, they polled just general audiences what movies they would like to see remade. And you know what topped the list? Oh. Oh man, please. Back to no. the future. Really? Yes. Man, I I'm surprised at that because I would feel like there is like this like dedicated fans who just can't like ha- like like me. I I I can't I could see it being adapted and like I guess reformatted to like today's age cuz like of course it it is in that specific time period like the 80s and you know kind of like, like what 50s. they did with like Ghostbusters or something. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't know. For me, it's like these remade, you know, might as well just just slap, you know, just make another story that's not attached to the Back to the Future yeah. franchise. I, I think that's, you know, p- you know, m- take those influences from it um, or, you know, recognize it in the film almost like, oh, like in Back to, you know, like uh, uh, Future Man. Like they do, they have a lot of references to Back to the Future, you know, not too over the top, but like, it makes sense. Like these are, right. this is how time travel works. It's almost like back to the future becomes like this kind of reference point sometimes for films and, and time travel. And I guess like a other shorthand for people to understand yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm surprised by that as far as the polling, um, as far as, um, general, uh, interest in having a remade version of the movie. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. Well, uh, it, it got 71%. Yeah. Um, Followed by Toy Toy Story with sixty nine percent, Indiana Jones sixty eight percent, and Jurassic Park sixty seven percent, which is really interesting since we're we're currently in the throes of a new Jurassic Park trilogy. So I don't understand yeah. why people would vote for that. That doesn't make any fucking sense to me. But um, and then Toy Story I, too, like Toy Story. Yeah, the, we're about I think to have the fourth four. One? Yeah, they just released a fucking trailer. Like, so. why do we need to remake it? We're still fucking making them. The um, yeah. <laughs> and I guess. Technically, we're still making Indiana Jones as well because uh, Spielberg's working on number five, which, you know, uh, I really wish they would, you know, what what bums me out the most about all these things is that at one point, the first Raiders of the Lost Ark, first Back to the Future, they were original yeah. ideas, you know? Yeah. It oh, wasn't some IP. It wasn't some fucking brand recognition. It was just, hey, I've got a cool idea. Let's make a movie. 
And now it's, yeah. oh, let's, we, we own this IP. Let's franchise it. And, you know, it's disgusting. It is capitalism at its most disgusting and a bastardization of art. And, um, and it yeah. might be good. I'll watch them. I'm not saying I won't fucking watch them. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. You know. The, the curious person in us, like, definitely, you know. And, yeah, it, it just, it's, it's. It's strange because, like, you know, the the concept of like remaking, and you know, we all we all pull f- even in all sorts of different art, we all pull from, you know, our influences and and what we really, um, you know, are are studying and and you know what we're um, exposed to, right? You know, that, that's how a lot of these other, you know, time travel movies are made. You know, they have some sort of maybe connection to Back to the Future and how they made those writers or directors feel. Um, and you know, everything, even including music, man, like, you know, tons of like music from the Beatles, even before the Beatles, like I'm sure that, you know, they've been influenced by other, you know, uh, music too as well. So it's, it's those concepts, like there's no, uh, you know, original ideas are definitely, you know, they're always, you know, they always come from some of these, you know, even some subconsciously, some of these influences that we've, you know, the, that people are exposed to, uh, these creatives are exposed to, but like, um, unfortunately we live in this time now where it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like trying to find like the next business. I, you know, for me, it's like, now it's like, wow. Like as an adult now, it's like, damn, like, like the film industry is still like a business and it's like, yeah. well, it, could it you imagine that, if they applied you know, that, that ethos to the music industry? Hey, uh, let's, let's remake thriller. I know. Let's do it right? that way. Right. You know, like what the fuck? Like yeah. you can't do that. You can't just. Dude, it's, it's uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before, but like, did you hear about that uh, controversy with Michael Jackson and some of the music that has been released after the fact, like his like featured, no, uh, like feature, vo- you know, like, you know how some artists have been, uh, they would create a song and they would have like, like uh, a, a pat, you know, a dead artist, uh, like their vocals on the, on the song. And so ideally, I think the the song or melody or whatever the idea was created beforehand, and then they you know find a way to kind of incorporate it into this sure yeah um, into a song. So I guess the uh, I think it was like um, for this oh this for that uh, show uh, the documentary this, this is, is it? it. I think following that there was some releases for Michael Jackson's music, and apparently. Um, some, some, uh, some listeners and even, uh, the Jackson family were, were, um, were questioning. And I think they were going to, I think they even sued the record label for that, that cause they, 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 um, they, uh, I guess assumed that it wasn't Michael Jackson's voice on the, oh, on the record off. and really? they got like someone else, they like the record label. They're claiming like the record label hired someone who sounded like Michael Jackson to capitalize it was the on, weekend, you know, they got the weekend to yeah, sing. Yeah, dude. Dude, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, he, like, those guys definitely take influence from Michael Jackson, but Big to, yeah, to your and point, Bruno man, Mars, like, yeah. like, it could, yeah, it could happen in, in other facets of inter- entertainment, and um, I'm not saying, like, yeah, I'm down with, like, you know, remakes, you know, it, especially for, you know, the reality is, like, you know, as we grow older and new generations come up, you know, obviously, I want to pass on those those films that, are dear to me, you know, as like back to the future or, you know, Raiders and, you know, those are things that we experience. And, um, you know, I would love to have like, you know, our children experience or, you know, other generations experience. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely a kind of a tough 
kind of time we live in because you know some yeah. people don't go out to these remakes, man. They don't. Studios, well, are, you know, I don't know if studios are catching on with the uh, the you know the numbers as far as like people are people going out to these remakes. You know, are they based well, off the of whole, just trying to recreate? The whole reason those things are popular in the first place is because they did it right the first time. They don't need to be remade. You just need to fucking come up with more shit like that. Not copying it, but in the same fucking vein, tap into whatever creative juices they were hitting. Yeah. And create something new. So you can yeah. have three, five, six of them, whatever, and then put it to rest. You know, I mean, we're talking like remakes aren't, you know, uh, some, of the, some of the best movies are remakes, right? Um, yeah. I, okay, I don't know if I want to go that far. But like, the <laughs> Depa- you know, The Departed is a remake of um, a foreign language film. I think it's Korean. Um, the, a Star is Born. This is the f- fourth uh, iteration of A Star is Born. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not that there's not merit. You know, of course, these stories are timeless, can be retold, but it's this franchising. And that's the part that just irks me. Like, because studios are spending so much more money on these franchises, um, they're making less other movies. They're not making like the mid uh, mid budget comedies anymore, or romantic. You're seeing less yeah, romantic yeah. comedies. You know, you're not seeing a, a nice array of of films, or and there's no money to to take chances and do something kind of weird. Um, it's all very safe and very, and it's the, it's just a regurgitation of the same thing over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. you know, that's fine to have it be one thing, but now it, it's taken over. Oh yeah, you know Star Wars. You know I, I love Star Wars. You know that I love Star Wars, but everything after, you know, everything Disney has made really are just glorified fan films, big budget fan films. That's all they fucking are. You know, yeah. I, I, it's not. It can feel authentic. It can feel nostalgic, but it's not that. And yeah. that's right, okay. Yeah. It shouldn't be right. Um, so I don't know. That's yeah. And you know what? Also, dude, off. it's. Step it off. Step off. Step off. (laughs) Uh, Also, also I think now with um, how much studios are putting, like with the budgeting and and all their kind of money into like these projects and and also just the the amount of time, you know, they're pushing out these movies. So, you know, the the schedules of the movies coming out is just insane, dude. Like back to back, like... Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like I understand, like stuff like um, like James Bond, like there's always going to be someone playing a different James Bond. Like, sure, we, we're already used to that. Um, but it's yeah, it's taking that character and finding a new way to incorporate that character. Um, you know, obviously playing off the original tropes that you know are true to the character. Obviously, you know, like yeah. of course you got to hit those. But um, just like the amount of time, and and it sucks because like now. Uh, I guess with the media now and, you know, how we can read about these kind of things in on film sites and stuff. And, it, you know, there is influence on the on the kind of journalistic side of it. Like, you know, how are these films being received? And, um, you know, yeah, of course, polls like that, you know, the general audience, are they, you know, wanting to watch something like that? But, yeah, I, I don't know, dude, like remakes. I mean, I, I hold Back to the Future so dear to like that's one of my top five favorite films of all time. And, um, I'm down to see a remake of it, but are you, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, but see, I think I go with, with, (laughs) I think I go with what you're saying. It's, it's, it needs to be something that, um, 
it 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 pays uh it you know it tips its hat off to the the franchise but it's its own thing i think that's what is the the most important part i think it it can't just be we're, we're gonna just do the same exact story we're gonna try to make it fit for this audience today and um and yeah that i think that's the hard part and I, I guess why maybe they're remaking a lot of these films now is um, because like of the changing times, like there's a lot of new generations growing up, you know, tension spans are a lot worse now. So it's like, yeah, trying to get, you know, maybe, and that's kind of the scary part too, or, or, or maybe the reality is, you know, maybe, maybe previous like generations before us now are just like, they're so used to that, the quick change or the, you know, the recasting or the, the the new remake yeah. of the movie because it's just that's how it is now and you know it's unfortunate for film now you know kind of bigger budget films um, and that's why I still love just watching original you know content and that's provided that's unique and uh, could be episodic or you know could be on its own um, and I feel like I cherish those types of films more but um, yeah. yeah it's kind of a different time man because we can we can get we can have a choice to, to choose to watch them and, and be a part of that. We can, we can not be a part of it. And, you know, I'll definitely, I'll definitely boycott the back to the future thing. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll boycott, boycott it with you, man. Well, we won't fucking talk about it on this yeah, show, man. I just, oh man, it, it's just like, yeah, those, those characters, the, 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 some of those movies are just so unique to itself. Like they're just stand on its own. And it's like, almost like, uh, taking, yeah, taking all the color out of it and like trying to stick it on another canvas. I, I don't know. It's like it's such a strange uh, concept. Um, but you're right. There are other remakes that have stand, you know, like definitely, you know, have maybe you know updated or stand the test of time as far as just ha- they're just really good stories. And I guess for me, it's if there's a good if the writing and the director and and all the elements are there to make a good film. If it is a good film overall then, you know, of course, you know, I'm, I'm the remake as far as like, that's what I, I want out of a remake, right. not just using just the, um, the franchise or like the, the kind of, uh, nostalgic points of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it, it and it should be, it's stand. its own thing. It should be its own take, its own you thing, know, ap- yeah. or approach or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's where I think you have to draw the line, right? It's, you know, some remakes are good. Some remakes are bad. It's really just kind of how how is it taking the source material and using it and creating a new story and maybe even new characters um, to kind of push a different narrative. So yeah, that's crazy. Well, man. I think we've got d- a a top five in the works. Yeah, have we done remakes yet? We may have. Maybe we should do it again. Yeah, do another. I don't know. I think we did top five movies we'd want to remake. But Let's I don't think remake. we've done remakes, so we'll, okay. we'll, we'll have to do that. We'll re- revisit um, that one. Speaking of lists, Sean, you want to get to some? Yeah, yeah. Cool. You want to you go first? Or I'll go first. Um, so um, I've been listen- listening to a lot of music lately, Shawnee. And, um, you know, this show is top fives. We've um, kind of based around uh, Cusack's character in High Fidelity, uh, who had a list for everything. Um and that movie deals a lot with heartbreak. And I, I want to know your top five heartbreak records. Oh, man. Uh, wow. Um, damn, this is like... I have, I have songs. I know I have... I that's, have fun. S- that's fun. Is that cool? 
Yes. Um, but they are some of these songs that come from the records. They're definitely yeah, very centered on I guess uh, uh, breaking up and, and the struggles of love. Um, so <laughs> I've got um, man. Okay, so I've got I've got a couple. Oh man, I have six here. Why do I have six? You got okay. this. Um, so I've got number five. I've got uh, man. This is a this is a throwback to uh, some starting line, dude. Remember we still oh starting shit. Line? Okay, this song is called uh, "Decisions, Decisions, Decisions," which is is not any of the singles I think on the record. It no. was just a really interesting song. Um, starts off with this really cool like bass line, um, but it's definitely like the kind of like breakup song but like you know the the the, the uh lover kind of left for another lover kind of thing sure yeah. and um you know i'm sure we've all kind of been in that position and you know just kind of that moment where it's like oh shit like you know it's not uh you're putting so much into this and then you know it's it's that love is going somewhere else and it's like oh no right. and um and it's one of my actually for the starting line i think out of kind of the not single songs off of the record. It's, it's probably one of my favorite ones. Um, cause nice. it has this cool, uh, it's more, um, kind of like even the, how they usually play is kind of pop punk. So there, it was a little more like laid back with this bass line, and then the chorus comes in and it's just all the, you know, the band together. So I got decisions, decisions for five. Um, I got number four. I got cornerstone. Nice. From the Arctic Monkeys. I, th- I feel like we've talked about the song on the show before. Uh, the, you know, the song's lyrical content talks about um, uh, this guy going to different bars and pretty much um, saying if, he, you know, if he's going to see his, his ex there. And then the funny the kind of, I guess, twist at the end is like he meets up with her sister. or his The very last sister. line of the song, yeah. And then it, and then he and then he obviously asked her um, if he can call her her name. So he's implying that, you know, he uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't care about his ex anymore. And he's like, hey, you know, you, you want to be my next uh, <laughs> love interest? I oh, guess, I, so. I I think he definitely cares about her if he's asking if he can call her her name. Ah, okay. You know, and and the fact that the sister doesn't care, yeah, is pretty gross. It, yeah, um, it is kind of a little fucked up, right? <laughs> it's very fucked up. But, I mean, it's it's done in, you know, Alex Turner has a way of taking fucked up weird things and making them poetic and beautiful. That's what I like about it. And it, it's great because the song goes through, um, like, these different pubs, right? And so it's very visual. and um, Yes. And you can kind of feel like he's, uh, he's, like, looking. He's, like, almost, he's just purposely, like, looking there, right? Yeah. To, um, to, uh uh, you know, to search for his lover and, um, smelt your scent on the seatbelt. It's so awesome, dude. It's uh, so it, good. Yeah. Weirdly, weirdly enough, it wasn't one of my favorite songs, uh, off that record for a little bit. And really? then, yeah, well, it's like that, that record, uh, hump is a humbug, right? It is humbug. That one took me a while to, to freaking get into. Yeah. And I think you, me, like both of us too, man. So, um, yeah, you know I, what? Uh, I, re- I think I like it more than uh, <laughs> what's their new one? Uh, oh shit! Casino. I'm sorry, uh, Joe. Whatever. You still there? I can't get into that record. Oh, fuck, Joe. But Joe, if you're still there, I'm keep recording. Hello, Shawnee. Fuck. 
Sorry, dude. Oh, there you are. Did you stop recording? I'm still going. Are you still going? Cool. Yeah, I'm still going. Let's okay, just sorry. let's I, just leave it in. It'll be raw. I dropped out for like a second. That's um, okay. I passed out for like a second, but I'm I'm back. Um, I'm so sorry, dude. I have to. Oh my god, this thing got screwed up. You all right? Yeah. It's just um. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, audience. I can't find my notes here. Um. That is why, dear imaginary audience, uh, I stick to pen and paper. Yeah. I'm so sorry, dude. It goes on the phone um, first. Okay. But then it goes through my hand. Okay, so I got Cornerstone. And for number three, I've got Connie West Heartless. Ooh. From uh, 808s and Heartbreak. What a, what a very freaking awesome record. And nice. um, the whole record is pretty much all, all it says in there, 808s and Heartbreak. Um, but yeah, dude, um, it was such a good record. The type of like sound he was kind of going for with the kind of like the auto-tune-y. He was like using auto-tune, um, which I guess I don't know if you know, anyone knows about it, but it's like pitch correction with your voice. But he was using it as I don't as think anyone's a, ever heard of that before. What's up? I don't think anyone's heard of that before. Um, so autotune is, is no, I was uh, kidding. Pre- I'm kidding. Everyone. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. If, okay. If anyone doesn't know about it, it's, it's a, uh, it's like a pitch correction with a, a production tool that you can use to, to, to correct, uh, uh, voices and singing voices and vocal pitches. And what Kanye West did, which, um, as a producer at heart, you know, he was a producer first before he became a huge artist. Um, he used that, that tool to create almost like a, it's almost like a melodic instrument. And I know there's like the argument, you know, there's a lot of, you know, sides on, you know, auto tune is like the cheating, you know, you're not really singing, but, um, as far as a, like coming from a production standpoint, uh, it's a very interesting way of like how he created like sounds out of it and, and new type of sounds. And I think he, with, with a couple other people kind of kickstarted that, um, that movement yeah, for yeah. using that kind of sound in there. And, um, and then just for being like, um, a breakup song, just like, uh, it's kind of interesting having the perspective of like the, the person kind of calling out the person. Um, and I feel like that is part of the song too. And, um, but it's definitely like, it's definitely heavy and it has a lot, you know, he has a lot of, um, especially with the record itself, a lot of, um, kind of heavy content in there and um but a, a very different and unique sound for and you know kanye owned that sound like he definitely when you hear it, it's like it's kanye west like i think that's a for for being a music producer and and um in you know kind of learning about production um that's kind of the hardest thing is to to, to make yourself stand out from everyone else is having that very unique sound that's very attributed to you and and um, trying things that, you know, you wouldn't really see in the, you know, what usually people do in, in the first place. So, um, yeah, Heartless, number three. Nice. Um, last two are, they might, this next one I think might be the most, I think still one of my favorite Adele songs, but it's Someone Word. Like You. Right on. Uh, by Adele. Um, just such a hypnotic uh and that's what I love about Adele. She has such a powerful voice and it's just piano and vocal in the beginning. And, um, it's so with that, even too, with the kind of just vocal and piano, it's just so intimate and personal. Like it, if you feel like you're, 
everything she's saying, it's like it it kind of rings, you know, stands true and, and you know kind of hits a chord with the the listener. And um, someone like you, man. And then just like when it hits that the hook, um, and it's like again, kind of um, from the perspective of, of her singing, as far as like her relationship and you know, kind of seeing this relationship uh, fall apart, but also in the hook, it flips a little bit and saying like, it almost like the, the negative to positive, like she's going to find someone like, you know, her lover or you know yeah. the person that she was loving. Um, and I think sometimes with breakup songs that you kind of get that sometimes out of them, like they're, they're recognizing the breakup and the loss. Um, but sometimes there's that kind of, um, that flip side where it, it shows like that they're strong and, and have, um, you know, they have, uh, um, the strength to kind of, um, you know, not move forward, but, you know, at least pick yourself take, up, pick yourself up, take the positive out of it. And, um, I, f- I feel like with that, Adele does that very well with her lyrics and just the way she sings. And it's so She's powerful amazing, and, yeah. and emotional and, Man, like, and just that alone, like, I mean, just her just singing that song and it's, it's a really good, like ballad type song. So, um, and I don't know, I, I always stop to listen to it on the radio if it's on the radio or, you know, and I've, you know, heard, um, uh, a couple covers of it, but it actually, it was probably one of the one songs that I would really like, you know, it, it almost wants me to go see Adele live. Like, I just think right it should on. be amazing just seeing that song and, it carries a lot of uh, a lot of meaning and weight to it. So nice. Someone someone like you. I like two. it. I'm very curious what your number one is. And then number one, uh, the meeting place. Ooh, shiny. by Last Shadow Puppets. Yeah. Um, which is on the opposite end. It's kind of the breakup on the like the person is doing the breaking up, right? You know, I, I, I go back and forth on that. Um, yes. Oh, man. So that's a tough one. It's, you know, it's very much open to interpretation, I think. But yeah, the, the line, you know, um, I'm sorry I met you, darling. I'm sorry I left you. Yeah, he left her. But there's there's other lines in that song that make it think like maybe, I know. you know, he oh. thought she was leaving him or, you know, it, it's, oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. I love that song. But. Because it's like love had left her there. Like, oh man, there's like so many moments. Again, with Alex Turner and and uh, you know Miles, uh, like their writing is so cool. It's just so interesting because it's very visual, and you can, you know, you you can almost follow this story in your mind of like you know where they're gonna be and um, and I have such a burned image of uh, the both of them playing with the acoustic yeah, guitars. Yeah. Um, I, I think I remember the first time you sent me like some of their music, dude. And I was like, what Alex Turner's in another band. And like, it's just like them playing together. And that's again, what kickstarted the sex effects, like our, our yeah. us playing and writing like songs, um, you know, aside from our other band. And um, it was so unique. Cause it was great. Cause it was like two, two friends, like getting together playing music. And, um, that song I felt like was the one song we really always gravitated towards. Yeah. It's perfect. It is fucking perfect. Um, and we've played it many times. Um, I was going through my old iPod (laughs) from, you know, way back. And, uh, 
I found our, we did like a live show. I think we opened up for like Lucas. You remember that? At oh, uh, wow. down on Alvarado Street, Monterey Live or something. It's not, it's not, it's not that anymore. It became something yeah. else. Um, but I there's songs remember, yeah. on that that we we did that we've never, we never had like a proper recording of. Um, Ooh. So. That's yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> but that was on there and that was really interesting. Um but yeah, oh, man, yeah, it's a beautiful song. It's a very, very great, beautiful and it starts song. off with that, you know, it sounds like the orchestral, that. like oh, yeah, man. it's got that '60s. You you picture the snow falling and just you know, yeah, the colder the night gets, the further she strays. Like oh oh, <laughs> come it on, is, it, it is a good uh, and like the entire record actually, yeah, is is such a good record. Like it's, yeah. it's probably one of my favorites up there, and. Again, with that kind of tone and, and mood in mind. And um, and then, of course, that, that writing dynamic between the two of them um, is just like, it's it's great. It's it's, it's really cool. And I, I, I know they came out with a second record, but I, I really hope they tour again and, and do more music and yeah and dive more into their writing. So, um, yeah, The Meeting Place. Hell yeah, The Meeting Place. I love it. That's a good list, Shawnee. That is a very good list. Decisions, 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 cornerstone, heartless, someone like you in the meeting place. Fire, son. Fire. <laughs> yes. Uh, Joe, I'm interested to hear yours because you, you always have such interesting music lists. And I feel like with breakup songs and I feel like they pull from our experiences in history sometimes. Like, you know, we maybe yeah. listen to these songs like through some breakups or past relationship or whatever. Um, so what are your top five yeah. breakup songs? Well, you know, it's just funny because it gets me thinking about when we were playing in a band and how your dad would jokingly, you know, say to my girlfriends, can you break up with him so he can write some songs? But I also remember Simon, you know, being like, no fucking songs about girls and love and breaking up. Like, Fuck, I don't know what to do, man. When we were young, right, right? We'll talk about the FCC and Nazis, I guess. All right. There you go. Um, Parents are Nazis? <laughs> All right, <clears throat> number five, I guess. I don't know if this is like a cheat, but it's the soundtrack to High Fidelity. Dude, um, no, totally, totally. You know, it's it's a really good record, um, but like the standouts um, is Love, uh, Always See Her Face. Um, you, know, wh- you know, wherever he goes, he sees her face. And then, but at the end, he's telling her, but wherever you go, you're going to see my face. Um, uh, it's, again, the perspective, like the both Yeah. Them. That's and cool, you've got yeah. you've got you know songs like you're gonna miss me, baby, um, but then you've yeah, got yeah. you know uh, you know the quieter moments like uh, like Elvis Costello's Shipbuilding, or oh dude, there's there's, there's some good songs song. on that that record, man. It's all so good except for the uh, whatever because they have you know the uh, the little skate fuckers, uh, the Kinky Wizards. They have the their Kinky song Wizards. on there, and it's really not good. It's yeah. like it's like uh, um. But I mean, yeah, it's a solid record. It's a very and oh my god, uh, um, Stevie Wonder's. You know, I believe when I fall in love with you, it'll be it's forever such or whatever. A good song, dude. man, so good. Stevie Wonder, man, legend yeah. right there. Yeah, but Cold Blooded Old Times, Smog. Um, god, there's there's so oh fucking Velvet Underground. Um, yeah, say a word Did- for Jimmy Brown. Yeah. <laughs> ain't got nothing at all not a thing Dude. uh it's so good um but yeah so I, lo- I love that record i love that record a lot um 
Number four, this recently made the list, uh, Help by the Beatles. Oh, um, wow, okay. Which, you know, I never ever listened to it with, with those ears before, but every song on that album is about breaking up, except maybe um, what's, what's, um, what's the fast, like, Paul, um, I've just seen a face. I mean, but even that is longing and you know everything, but I mean, the the you know it help, starts out with help, yeah. um, but then there's the night before you've got to hide your love away. I need you, which destroys oh, me. Um, that might be like the MVP of the record for me is I need you. Um, but another girl, like oh okay, we've broken up, but I've already got another girl. Paul, you're a dick. Um, you're going to lose that girl. Ticket to ride. Ticket it's to ride. only love, and that is all. Um, you like me too much. Tell me what you see. I've just seen a face yesterday. Dizzy Miss Lizzie. Every fucking song, song on that dude. record is dealing with heartbreak, and it's they're all fucking money, dude. Um, <laughs> if we ever redid our top five Beatles, I would knock Sergeant Pepper off and put Help on there. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good that, solid record, dude. And you're right. It yeah, is. It, it's, it definitely carries. There's so many good songs about heartbreak there. Um, and I don't know, man. Yeah, you're right, dude. Like that that record, like that album itself is. There's a lot of good songs on there. And yeah. Maybe I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, all I them never listened centered. to it with those ears before, and like hearing mm-hmm. it, I was just like, holy shit. And that's uh, good, that man. album. That album has brought me to tears. Um, it's fucking great. Um, yeah. Number number three, we're at, I believe. Um, don't hate me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do a uh, two and one, and I'll, no. I'll give I'll give my why reasoning I, here. Why would I hate you, man? <laughs> because I listen to both these records at the same time. Like I, I'll never forget, like just you know feeling sorry for myself and driving to SF State, and it, like these. It was one of these two records always in my CD player. Um, dating myself, um, <laughs> but favorite worst nightmare and oh, yeah. uh, age of the understatement by the last shadow puppets. So, you know, but all Alex Turner. So I, I don't think they're too like, like fucking what's my number five favorite movie is, is the third man and dumb and dumber. Like those two are like, wait, what, what you're just having your yeah, cake yeah. and eating it too. Okay. But this is like, these are like tied together. I feel like um, in a very yeah. real way. Um, and for that matter, the EPs of um, their first record, like um, oh yeah, that's right, dude. You know, uh, gosh, what is the song? There's despair in the departure lounge, but there's also uh, no buses. No, no buses, buses is one of yeah. the great breakup songs. Um, but if I'm going by records, uh, favorite worst nightmare. It really is a breakup record when you kind of listen to it. Um, yeah, especially what's the line? Um, well, the morning was complete. Uh, tears on the steering wheel dripping from Trip the seat. Downers. Like, oh, dude, is that do, uh, do me a favor? Do, yes, yes. Do me a uh, favor. That one. Ask oh, if yeah, you need yeah. some aloe. She said, "Do me a favor and stop flattering yourself." So. Um, and it and the album fucking rocks hard. It goes so it hard, rocks, dude. dude. It goes so hard. It's, um, it's actually, you know what? It, it's kind of both though, because there are moments where it's like yeah. dynamically. They bring it down and they find a good way to build it up. And, and then they go s- super hard, dude. Yeah. 
It goes hard in, in um, the one we were just talking about. Do me a um, favor, yeah. Yeah, because it just it stops and then everyone is just Da-da. banging away. And there's no <laughs> solos. They're all just playing the same chord. And you know how powerful that feels when everyone is just jamming oh, on man. the same chord. And when we've like, seen oh. them live too, man. Like, yeah. That part is so awesome when they play It's that. so good. Um, but, I mean, it ends with 505. Um, and what's what's the quiet number on that album? Um uh, let's see, 505. Something about New Year's Eve. Um, I'm going to look it up. But, uh, I mean, gosh, Old Yellow Bricks. Oh, yeah, Old Yellow um, Bricks. All right, what's on Favorite Worst Nightmare? Teddy Picker. Diaz for Danger. Balaclava. <laughs> uh, I mean, Brian Danger. Storm is crazy. Um, only only ones who know. Yes. Well, you know, uh but yeah, do me a favor. This house is a circus. If you were there, beware. You know the bad thing. Old yellow bricks and five oh five. It's to me that has enough songs to qualify it as a as a breakup record. Hell yeah, so, yeah. Nice. Um, and of course, we already talked about Age of the Understatement. Most of those songs as well are breakup songs. Um, but you already hit the nail on the head with the meeting place and the uh, meeting place. Yeah. Number two, this song got me through like high school or this album. It's Cash at Sun Records, and it was his go. complete Sun recordings. And um, early Cash, what I like about his breakup songs, his heartbreak songs, is like he's pining, he's miserable, but it's never his fault. It's always <laughs> the woman, you know? It's always like, you did me wrong. And like, that's comforting. <laughs> um, you know, when, cause you don't, when you're, when you're feeling heartbroken, you don't want to own up to your own shit. Um, and so to throw on a cash record and be like, yeah, you did that to me. I can feel yeah. sorry for myself. <laughs> um, it's a good feeling, but I mean like, okay, what do we got here? Big river. Um, it's so great. Um, guess things happen that way. Um, I mean, he did, I walked the line at sun. Um, but yeah, man, it's let, it's a good. How many songs are on that? On it's like a, a compilation. It, it's it's like a three or four disc set. Um, there's there's quite a few. Like "Good Night Irene," that was that was my Nono's favorite mm-hmm. song of all time. Um, yeah, uh, shit. Home of the Blues, holy shit, dude. Home <laughs> of the Blues. Um, Goodbye, little darling. Fuck. Uh, there you go. Train of love. Um, mean eyed cat is hilarious because like him and his girlfriend are like talking shit to each other and he bets her like, I, w- I bet you won't leave. And she fucking hops a train what? and like spends all her money on her mean ad cat. Um, <laughs> it's fucking wild. So doggone lonesome. I couldn't keep from crying. Port of lonely hearts. Cry, cry, cry. Heard your new song. Okay. Turn out the radio. Cry, cry, cry. Um, <laughs> You know, my two time and woman, like it's, you know, it's never wow. his fault. It's never his fault. And it's great. Um, a lot of good songs though from Johnny Cash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ton. Um, and they're all very simple pickers and it's, and it's fucking fun. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that, that got me through high school, <laughs> bridged it into, uh, <laughs> into college. Uh, number one, Pinkerton. Oh Lisa. my God! Why? Um, Why did I, I think not think of that one? This is one of the greatest 
fucking pieces of heartbroken art um, from a single <laughs> individual, and then for them to be totally fucking shattered and embarrassed by it, like, yeah, that's fucking heartbreak, brother. That's that's real yeah. shit right there. Um, but uh, why bother? Um, no. Is fucking great. Um, tired of sex is wonderful. Um, <laughs> fuck. El Scorcho. El Scorcho. <laughs> um, what's what's the other one after Why Bother that I love? Um, Why bother? I don't want to be an old man anymore. anymore. The Good Life. Yeah. The Good um, Life, dude. Yeah. Get You, No Other One, uh, Pink Triangle, Falling for You. Even Butterfly. I'll give it Butterfly. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, solid record, but it's it's so incredibly personal and pulled straight from the fucking gut and the heart. Um, it's fucking great. There's a time in college where I had this blasting in my room on the record player <laughs> at like 11.30 at night, just pounding a bottle of wine to the dough, like not even in a glass, <laughs> just from the bottle. And I remember my roommate... Uh, Andy coming in and he's all timid. He was like, because we didn't know each other that way. He's like, are you, are you okay? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> fine, dude. Yeah. No, I, I, um, dude, Weezer always, always brings it, man. As far as um, that, that record, man. I, I don't know if they did the Pinkerton. Did, did they do a, the, I know they did, were do, doing those tours where they did like the, they did. The I, I missed it. I didn't go. I should. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, aside, aside from that, man, you're right, dude. I mean, all those songs are, and then just the way, uh, I think that's one thing I still love about Weezer and, and maybe even just from these older records is they're so melodic and yeah. you get so much out of that, like the feeling and, and how they're playing and, um, and almost similar to kind of the Johnny cat, some of the, what you're saying with Johnny cash is like, some of it's also just recognizing kind of the heartbreak and, and, yeah. You know, um, it, kind of that vulnerability, but also kind of, um, you know, stepping up a little bit and just kind of recognizing, you know, what's going on. So um, I think that's what uh, is cool about Weezer. Like they, they find ways to really kind of keep it engaging and, and fun, even though it's it has that kind of underlying like, you know, this is about heartbreak. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I dude, that's what a good pick for number one, man. Freaking Weezer. There's so many good songs off that record, man. So many. One of my Ten favorites. to be exact. Ten to be exact. <laughs> Do you you have that one on vinyl, right? I've got like the super deluxe vinyl. It's the, I bought I bought it before I uh, had a record player. I was like, holy shit, this set is too gorgeous to pass up. And yeah, it's it's four fucking LPs long, and it's that's awesome. It's got yeah like uh, demos, but like live uh, acoustic shit. It's really good. It's really good. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And Pinkerton. Yeah. Pinkerton. So those Nuggets. are heartbreak records, dear imaginary audience. Um, we hope we hope they'll help you in a time of need. Um, <laughs> Shawnee, you got a list for me. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so I'm trying to figure out how I preface this. Uh, someone suggested, uh, Maddie, my friend Maddie, suggested a podcast to listen to, and it's called, I think this is... Oh man, I feel so bad right now, but I'm just gonna That's just okay. Okay. really quickly <laughs> so I don't butcher this guy's name. Um, 
The End of the World with Josh Clark. Um, oh, that's easily like a- butchered. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get the order of like was it the world ending or whatever. But um, yeah, The End of the World with Josh Clark. Um, it's uh, I think it's a fairly new podcast because it doesn't seem there's a lot of episodes, but um, it's pretty much this. Uh, he's I think the gentleman is a physicist, I think, and he brings on other guest uh, people and it's pretty much about like um, uh, not mo- not necessarily conspiracy theories, but like kind of yeah, kind of theories just on you know how the world might end in like a couple you know hundred thousand years or whatever. So oh, awesome! Um, and the, yeah, <laughs> no, it was really interesting because it's like you know very topics like you know artificial intelligence and like you know will you know how possible is is it to get to that you know, through physics and through, you know, um, you know, ed- like the, uh, what, what information we have now, as far as like, you know, about these concepts and, you know, the possibility of that. So, um, but it, it kind of trailed off to what I'm going to talk about tonight is, um, conspiracy theories. And, um, again, prefacing that I, I am not, uh, really into the conspiracy theories and I just think it's like just, a infinite hole of just thinking about random stuff and being super paranoid about it. But, um, yeah, I was just kind of curious and, um, I just, over the years, I've just kind of like read up on some interesting conspiracy theories. And, uh, even tonight I found some interesting ones with, uh, musicians too. Ooh. Um, which I think you might like the one out uh, of one on my list that has something to do with the Beatles. And I, I'm, I'm hoping, I wonder if you've known that one. Um, but yeah. So Joe, what are your top five, um, conspiracy theories? And they don't have to be stuff you'd believe in, but just stuff that kind of interests you. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, something you, maybe you've, you've, uh, I don't know, just heard about in the recent years. Uh, so at number five, oh, by the way, thank you for giving me a heads up. Cause I, there's no way I could have done this it, one off the top of my head. It's kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. to look up uh, some too. <laughs> number five. Um, I mean, once I read them, I was like, oh yeah, I know that one. Yeah. That'd be on my list. Um, number five, I'm going to do, so we, we, I've talked about on the show before about, um, C Dan, crazy days and nights, NT lawyer. Uh, he yeah. kind of does the, the blind items. Um, so a couple months back, he did a blind item about a ninety-something-year-old uh, guy and his wife were driving, got into a car accident. He died. Um, oh shit! And this was in Canada. Turns out that gentleman was James Dean. Whoa! James Dean only appeared in three movies. He hated fame, hated you know all of it. So. He conspired with, I guess, the head of a rival movie studio and like this sheriff or chief of police or something. And the chief like got a dead body. They framed the crash. Um, they buried somebody else. And this guy went up to Canada never to be seen or heard from again. Um, Whoa. Who knows? Like I, That guy's shit is usually on point. Um, that'd be pretty crazy though. James Dean is one of the most famous fucking icons on the planet. Oh yeah. And I don't know if I can see, you know, maybe he had plastic surgery done. I don't know. I don't know, you know, being in hiding for that many years, you know? Yeah. Um, is that possible? Is that feasible? And would you really 
wouldn't you get sick of it? But maybe not. Yeah, being, I don't know. being you know, hiding and uh, living a different life, right? You know, yeah. But, but if know, you hated you the know, life you were living, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe it's preferable. Yeah, fame and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so kind of interesting. I don't know. Um, number four, that Hitler sur- survived World War II and went to live in, I believe it was Chile. Um, oh, what? And there's actually like one. FBI photos of Hitler just chilling. And, you know, fucking bastard didn't even shave off the stash or anything. He looks like fucking Hitler. And um, it seems like it's pretty fucking, like, it, it's it's most likely that, yeah, Hitler did survive World War II. He didn't kill himself in the bunker. It was a different body. Uh, yeah. and, he, and he went and lived in Latin America until he died in, was it like the 80s or something like that? And the, wow. and the FBI or whoever, CIA, they knew about it. And there's like pictures and shit. Whoa. That's um, kind of a crazy conspiracy. Yeah. So I don't know. Come to your own conclusions. I think I think Hitler definitely survived the bunker in World War II. As much of a bummer as that is. Yeah. Um, number three is that I believe it was Robert Kennedy. Uh, one of the Kennedys or just the government killed Marilyn Monroe. Because she'd been sleeping with Kennedy and knew some shit. Why you would ever sp- spill government or, you know, country yeah, secrets while you're know. with Marilyn Monroe is beyond me. But, you know, and why would she want to know, right? Yeah, um, but I definitely believe it. I definitely believe it. Um, yeah. Number two, and this might be to what you were referring uh, Paul is dead. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, which is, you know, I've, I heard that growing up and it's just so fucking weird, but, um, it is. Yeah. And there's people who just fucking swear by it. There's an entire podcast dedicated to it. And, uh, I've tried watching some of that stuff and it's just like, dude, you're fucking reaching and you're, you, you keep backpedaling over everything that you say. So, um, it's wild though. It's fucking wild. I'm excited <laughs> to hear what you have to say about it. Um, but my number one, and um, I showed the documentary Soaked in Bleach to um, my parents and my brother over the weekend. Um, and it hypothesizes, and I think once you see this documentary, you will a thousand percent agree that Courtney Love had Kurt Cobain murdered um, because they were going to divorce. And she wasn't going to get any of that sweet never mind money. Um, so... Yeah, it's they make a really strong case about like how the, how much heroin was in his system. Probably could have killed ten heroin addicts who could withstand a high level dosage yeah. like he could. Um, yeah. he wouldn't have even been able to pull the trigger. And even when he did pull the trigger, the shotgun shell was on the wrong side of the room. Um, like there's just so oh, many man. fucking inconsistencies. Like weird little the suicide yeah, yeah. note isn't. Like it's about him quitting music in one handwriting and then in a different handwriting, you know, Courtney, go on, Francis, you'll be better off. Like it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Um, and it's bad for you. So, um, yeah. Damn. That's pretty interesting. And that's, you know, a, a musical icon and you know, the, there's so much, you know, still like a lot of people questioning what happened. So, those are some interesting conspiracy theories, dude. Like, yeah. uh, 
the uh, so um, man, now I kind of watched that documentary, the Soaked in Bleach. Is that it, it? Soaked in Bleach. It's, they soaked the bleach. kind of main character or what have you is Alan Grant, the detective, the private detective, who Courtney Love uh, hired when she filed Kurt as a missing persons in the days leading up to his death. Oh, interesting. And he was like, this wasn't right, you know? And everyone talks about, like, what a trustworthy, honorable guy this detective is. And Mm -hmm. he's been kind of on the case since 94. Dude, that's fucking crazy. It's awesome, dude. Um, Yeah. I'm going to hunt that one down so we can give it a little little watch. I watched it on Um, Tubi, T-U-B-I-E. No, T U B I. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dope, dude. I like your yeah. list. Thank you. It's kind, of, it's kind of tough because, like, uh, I'm sure we both like. There are some stuff that we could possibly believe. Um, most of the stuff for me, like, just kind of goes out the ear and or goes in the ear and out the other. I would say, but, um, because like it, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are, you know, secrets that our government. Takes you know keeps from us. Oh, oh like you that. think? That's a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, that we don't know about, obviously, as as normal citizens. Um, but you know, for for me, it's like you can't live your life like thinking about all that stuff all the time. Sure, you know? yeah. Uh, but that's my that's my per- personal just kind of thing on conspiracy theories. But um, there are some very interesting ones out there, and are are very good read. And you know, it's kind of interesting to kind of just dive into that world and think of all the possibilities and whatnot. Um, so number five, I've got, uh, the chemtrails, which I hear Ooh. always a lot, uh, when there's planes in the sky and there's like, you know, the white kind of, um, uh, air trails that they leave the cloud trails. Yeah. Um, it, it is believed and, and, you know, people theorize that it's, uh, these, uh, uh, chemicals that are pretty much, um, uh, giving us diseases and, you know, controlling our air and weather and, and, um, and, you know, is it a, and also theories about, you know, is it a government, you know, a government, um, operation and, you know, even the intent of it, like, you know, is it to control human beings? Is it, is it something to do with, um, even demographic, like races, like, um, societal races, you know, is it something, you know, that they did to eliminate people, you know, or specific people. So it was, it's such a, strange concept to think of like, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are other harmful things that, um, that goes through the gar- government. And, you know, of course, as Monsanto you know, he- motherfuckers. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, dude, it's so chemtrails. Like, I mean, I, I think we're already damaging our atmosphere as it is. So, <laughs> like, um, that's interesting, you know, though. There, yeah, there there are other stuff out there, but um, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, it, it's weird because when you like, you know, for me when I look at planes in the sky and they have like little thing, it's like, oh, that's just like a normal thing that happens with planes. You know, you kind of grow up and you see a plane, and that's that's just how it is. Like the plane, the plane, um, yeah, the plane, boss. But uh, yeah, man, maybe it's uh, some sort of mastermind controlling societal experiments. I don't know. Anyways, um, wild. So, yeah, wild, right? Um, this one goes to uh, my number four, secret societies. Um, Ooh, yeah. Pr- pretty much, uh, I mean, there could be many, but they're the. I guess I can't remember what which one it is called, but it's uh, Freemasons. 
Freemasons or, you know, there's like the pretty much like the concept of all the, the higher powers, the Illuminati, the, world, the Illuminati and, and all these, you know, obviously wealthy beings and, you know, people of power, um, around the world, um, pretty much gather and, and, and pretty much call the shots as far as, you know, what's going to happen controlling either the financial market or, you know, you know, the stock market or whatnot, you know, these are the one, these are the, the people controlling everything. And, you know, uh, even if it is part of the government or not, like they are the ones initiating, you know, wars happening or initiating, um, uh, you know, maybe a, a natural, dis- you know, some sort of disaster that's going to happen or, you know, maybe they're coordinating even to even get richer. They could coordinate and, you know, sabotage, you know, markets and businesses and stuff. So it's a lot of different things. And I remember there was this movie that came out and it was like a, um, I guess it was like a mockumentary. Like, it, I don't think it was, it was obviously based off of um, some of these concepts and uh, secret societies. And it was called, I think it was called Conspiracy. Or no, no, wait, it was, it was either the running, the running of the bull or the killing of the bull, or I think it was called conspiracy and it was about the killing of the bull. I guess it was like a ritual, ritual type thing where these societies would kill a bull and that would signify kind of rebirth and all this stuff. And, um, <laughs> nothing signifies rebirth, like fucking killing something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a, a crazy, crazy twist in the movie. It ends up like these, you know, obviously these, these people gather and these societies get gather and long story short, um, these two filmmakers are the ones who want to get into this meeting. So they pretend to be like new initiated, you know, uh, people. And they, you know, they find a way to get to this meeting. And it turns out like the, the killing of the bull actually is like, they choose one of the initiated people to put a bull face on him. And then they literally hunt for this dude out in the, like, like the da- most dangerous like game. The, fuck. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, it was really weird. Like what? the first half of the movie was really confusing and like, it, it was about conspiracy theories and then the two filmmakers like eventually were like, we need to ma- get like firsthand like on this thing. Cause the, they were trying to prove um, that these secret societies exist. Like these powerful people gather at these events, you know, aside from, you know, away from the public and do these types of things where they're controlling certain things. And that's what those filmmakers were trying to get out of, out of it. But they got like something a lot worse than that. Um, anyways, secret societies. Um, I'm sure there's, I don't know, man, like, I mean, we're being controlled by, like, the government already is, like, you know, we're in a controlled environment, you know what I mean? So We're in I'm their sure sandbox. There could be some other sect of people that could be pulling some triggers out there. So, you know, I, th- I think it's possible. But, you Absolutely. Know, whatever. That's why um, we have to fight. For our right. To party. To party. <laughs> to party. <laughs> party on. Um... <laughs> So I got number four, secret societies. Number three, um, I guess like Area 51, like does the government know about aliens and stuff? And do they host, uh, you know, do they have these aliens hosted somewhere in Area 51 in the desert? So um, where do you stand on aliens, Shawnee? It's funny. I was just talking to someone about this the other day and... Um, and then funny enough with this podcast that I was listening to, um, it, there is a one where it talks about, uh, the existence of life on other planets and the probability of that and how super high it is because the universe is ever expanding and infinite in its own way or form. 
Um, so the probability, and this is where I guess I stand with aliens, the probability of having life on another planet is very high. I mean, it, yeah, because there's just thousands of billions of stars out there, and there could just be that that place or galaxy that has the right conditions to to have life. And you know, for me, it's like I guess the big that's probably one of the biggest mysteries in our world is you know where do we come from and you know are we the only ones here you know like that's probably one of the biggest mysteries that you know i'm not it doesn't bother me or you know i don't ponder it all the time but like it's kind of a crazy concept to think like when you look up at the moon you're like well that's just a small piece of the pie and then there's um i think you can actually i don't know if you can see it now but you could see jupiter right now it's another speck of light out there and um yeah, and just thinking like, holy shit, that whole planet's made out of gas. Like, you know, it, excuse I, me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I think just conspiracies with aliens. Um, you know, I think there's something else out there. Yeah. I just, I we just don't know what it is, and I don't know if we'll be alive to find that out, or if there'll be evidence of that. Um, you know, I keep my mind pretty open as far as those things, and you know, it's life and and science and you know there's only so much we can explain so um Um, my uh our religion teacher mr bear in high school said something i'll never forget and i think about every time i talk with someone about aliens he said to think that we're the only ones the only planet that can sustain life is incredibly arrogant on our part yeah. Like that's all it is. It's arrogance to think that we're the only ones out there. Um, yeah. We, we, as a, as a, as a society and as the human race, you know, we haven't interacted with any other species. So of course we have this narrow, you know, I'm not saying narrow. Um, yeah. Our perspectives, you know, we don't have those perspectives yet. And, you know, like, you know, I, I sometimes ponder like, man, what if like aliens came down to fucking earth? Like what would happen, man? People would lose it. I think people would fucking lose their shit, dude. Um, you know, I think they'd question- want to take selfies with them, honestly. <laughs> Yo, you yeah, alien? I, some people would be down with that. But, I, you know, I, I think of, um, and not don't want to dive too much into, like, religion and stuff, but, like, um, you know, we went to Catholic school, and, you know, there's certain things in, you know, other religions that, you know, we are the only race out there you know that's that's sometimes that's you know that's how what people believe so i think they'd retcon the bible they retcon it and i think they'd they'd give us eight days on the seventh day god created aliens and on the eighth day he rested he rested yeah yeah um yeah i don't know man it's uh it's definitely yeah we i i don't you know the the probability of just that is just so it's just way out there man so um I think whether or not we would come into contact with other, another alien species, I think that is another kind of discussion because again, with the vastness of space, you know, it's like, is there an, is there a society that has reached that, um, that point? And again, going back to the podcast, they talk about this thing called the great filter. And it's pretty much a moment in including human civilization, a moment which, um, which can't usually it's like a buffer, I would say, but that, it, that can't be explained. There's a moment where a, a human, the human race goes through 
that ensures that they are able to um, survive and either go to space or explore or whatever it is. There's that moment um, where a civilization, a society, uh, life itself can sustain itself and be able to pretty much travel out and grow outside of its home planet or wherever it was created, created or born. And so the argument with that or the theory with that is if there are other civilizations out there, let's just say, or other aliens, are they advanced enough to get through that filter as far as being able to advance, not die off or, you know, cause you know, there could be other life that, that, that could have lived and maybe died, yeah. you know? And, and so there's that whole theory of like, you know, are, you know, are we reaching that point too? Are we about to hit this moment where some things might, that are unexplained to us now will, you know, be eventually explained and that will obviously grow our knowledge and, you know, might have the ability for us to explore space or, you know, go outside of our small perspective, our small little planet. Um, so it's like, uh, it's kind of crazy, man. I and mean, that goes with all sorts of stuff, like theories on, you know, space travel and stuff. So I don't, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> it's getting way too heavy. Uh, no, 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 I like it. So Area 51, um, Area 51. You, touched, you touched on for my number two, Paul is... <laughs> Actually, uh, no, I switched this one. I think the JFK assassination for number two. Ooh. Um, and just where, you know, uh, some theories, the conspiracy theories say the assassination was even done by our own government. And yep. like, you by know, that it was son of a bitch, Johnson. Johnson. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. And there's like two shooters versus one. Um, the grassy no. Yeah, so it's very interesting, and you know that's a present. You know that was a, a historical moment in, you know, in even our just recent history. I mean, we didn't live, we didn't live through it, but you know, it's only so many odd years away. So um, our folks were were alive, I think. We're alive. Mine were, happened, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it, yeah, that was definitely a, um, a historical moment that happened, and um, of course, yeah, a lot of people. Um, and I, what's a trip is there, uh, dude, wasn't, okay. The dark, uh, dark tourist. Yes. Yes. They um, do the tour of, they Texas do the tour of, yeah. And I found that very interesting where this, there's the, that gentleman, he goes a tour. It was like a private tour guide and he, um, talks about, uh, he talks about, you know, the, the, where he was assassinated and the theories. And the, it's funny cause the host is like, is this guy a conspiracy theorist himself? Cause there's just so many. You know, yeah. some w- ways it could have gone as far as like why he was shot and assassinated. Um, so that always um, rang a, kind of a bell with me. Like, you know, wow, this is like still kind of an unexplained, you know, is it, you know, is there some other truth behind it? You know, what was the motive and, and whatnot? So JFK assassination for two. I like it. And then number one, uh, the Paul is dead because I just nice. recently found out about this. I, I remember. Really? Here, yeah, well, I remember I remember hearing about the reversed, um, the reversing of the lyrical, like some of the lyrics on one of the songs. Yeah, and it's like it says like Paul is dead, and so I thought it was just like a just a uh, like a artifact or like a little thing that happened while they were recording, or you know, uh, maybe they put that there on purpose. You know, there's like so many things related with that, but then at the same time, like this whole thing of like. Paul McCartney like died 
and then like they replaced one of the like Paul McCartney with like a lookalike Paul McCartney. Like that's like some Stepford Wives kind yeah. of shit, dude. It's crazy. And, um, and, and like, you read think, about like oh, go ahead. sorry, uh, you read about Abbey Road, the cover, the hypothesis there. No, what's uh, so Lennon's all in white. He's the priest. Um, fucking Ringo. Or then it's Paul, and he's barefoot, so he's dead. Okay. Uh, Ringo is, his suit signifies that he's the undertaker. And George Harrison, because he's in the denim, he's the grave digger. Wow. That's yeah. kind of an interesting one. <laughs> it's fucking wild. It um, kind of Yeah, that's a different way to look at the cover now. Yeah, um, that it's a funeral procession. Uh, procession. Procession. Yeah. And then there's, yeah, the uh, Paul without the shoes on, right? And that's why that. John's leading them, because he's the priest. Wow. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I forgot, I was trying to read up on why he died. I don't know if it was like a... Car a accident. Natural, uh, like an accident, okay. Yeah, car wreck. Um, that's, yeah, that's interesting, and especially for the their, the small, like, window of their career and, like, how many records they put out... And, um, and just year by year, how, you know, popular they're getting. And, um, that's quite a, that's quite a stunt right there to, yeah. to do that. And especially for all three of them to be down for it. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's quite a, quite a stretch, but, um, I just reading that, it was like, you know, we've been doing these countdowns on the Beatles records and I was like, I never heard any like type of conspiracies even attached to the Beatles. I've heard like stuff about reversing the records and you know, those little things and that, that could be interpreted many ways, but um, that was a kind of interesting one. It's like, you're actually replacing the dude, Paul McCartney in yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. Like the dude who's playing all the music right now, Paul McCartney <laughs> who's alive right now <laughs> is not Paul McCartney. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number one dude. And I thought it was a very random topic for tonight, but I think it just kind of, you know, just stuff like, you know, just stuff we've heard before. And, you know, maybe, you know, there, maybe there's possibilities that these things happen. Maybe not like, you know, it's up to our interpretation. And, you know, sometimes the, you know, we only have so much of the truth to, uh, to look at. So um, the Hitler one's definitely real dude. Stuff about like people so dying, Courtney, like being alive. Kurt. Dude. I also read this one about Elvis. Yeah, Preston. that he's still alive, and he works as a. I even saw in the in one of the articles I read, it was like he works at the at Graceland. Duff, as like fuck a, out as of like here. A, yeah, dude, as like a um, like a groundskeeper kind of. You know what I mean? Like, no way. So, I, I know, right? It's crazy. No fucking right? way. But you know, I can see like maybe like um, you know, like those moments where it's like. Yeah, maybe the fame is too much and you want to disappear. You know, I could totally see that happening. Like, that's... That makes sense. But, you know, disappearing and, and not, you know, come back or, you know, who knows? Who knows, man? There's so many mysteries out in the world. And I think that's why I brought this topic up because it is kind of outlandish. And sometimes these theories are just like way the hell out there. But it's uh, it's always interesting to ponder and... and even stuff like, I think, like space, like there's just so many possibilities for how it could have gone down. So, um, yeah. Conspiracy theories. Quite a wild like one this, this week, but, <laughs> um, yeah. 
Thanks for sharing right this too, man. Thank you for asking it. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, well, Shawnee, that brings us to our list of the week. Um, we do a weekly segment here on the show. Uh, first, we did movies from the year that years that we were alive. Then we did we counted down the Beatles records. Now we're counting down the Ramones records. Uh, we're on their third record. Rocket to Russia. So uh, the last two episodes, we've done the Ramones, and then we've done the Ramones Leave Home. Now we're doing the Ramones Rocket to Russia. Uh, Shawnee, what are your top five favorite tracks off of this record? And what is your Dude. general impression of this record? Uh, man, this is their third one. I, uh, man, I, it's it's a good one, dude. I, I really like it. It, is. it. it definitely. Again, taking elements of the first, even the second record, too, it, they're, it's quintessential freaking Ramones, like their sound. Like, I always feel like with bands, it's like the first the couple records are like, you, you can see like their, um, their initial sound and how they're developing and, and really making it their own. And I feel like this record, it's, it's great. There's a lot of elements from the first two records, but also it kind of stands alone on its own at the same time. Um, so highlighted... Oh man, I, I couldn't. It was tough to put an order because like they're all like, again, really fast, fucking awesome songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've got "We're a Happy Family" for number yes. five. One because it just has that like kind of uh, like anthem type, like repetitive, like yeah. "We're a Happy Family, We're a Happy Family." It's just so uh, you could just sing it along, and, and it's got like a little bit of that again the 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 attitude, you know, like it's got like. Some of their songs are very like um, um, kind of fifty style, duopy, yeah, um, melodic, very melodic too. And actually, that's what I liked about this record. There's a lot of good melodic songs in the in the way they're uh, Joey's singing and the lyrics. Um, again, developing and stretching, you know, their writing abilities and how they're kind of evolving their sound. Um, and where Happy Family has that kind of again kind of tension type. And it's very uh, fast and, you know, gritty and, you know, everything that, you know, punk music is, you know, pretty much. And, and what the Ramones are um, in the song. So um, we're a happy family for number five. I like it. And, man, I've kind of switched. I just saw I just switched a couple here. Um, I'm going to go four, I don't care. Ooh, I nice. don't care. He don't care. Again, with the cool, I love the backing <laughs> vocals on uh, most of these songs, and um, another kind of um, I'm not what's the word I'm trying to look for. It's not like uh, it's not like a hap- like happy happy you know major. It's, it's very you know a little bit darker in the chord chords they choose and it's a little bit slower. Like yeah yeah yeah. Um, so it, what I like about the song too, it's since it has that kind of tempo, it it, it kind of gives you a moment to like really listen in on the song and and lyrics and because you know usually Ramones are firing on all fours, going super fast. So it's cool to have some songs like that where it's like, oh wow, you can kind of dive in and like really get into the song. Yeah. Um, and of course, yeah, the backing vocals for sure on this one. <laughs> so I don't care for number four. I like it. Um. And then I switched a couple again here. Um, number three, I got Teenage Lobotomy. 
Um, yeah. I feel like we mentioned this one last week, or, or we were talking about how they kind of take these uh, songs and, t- and talk about like mental illness and like shock treatment. I think it was last week. Shock treatment, right? Yeah. And, and the the Romans were again. I think you said this. They they do it so they do it so well. They're they're perfect fit for a, for being able to take those those types of like mental issue themes and and inject them in their songs and still make them weirdly enough very catchy and melodic so <laughs> yeah singable and you want to move to it like it's and it doesn't feel heavy it doesn't feel dark it just feels fun which yeah. is kind of fucked up but it's awesome it, yeah it, yeah it's got yeah. um and of course the again another kind of um kind of anth- anthem type you know it's you know the all in the you know teenage love bottom like they're all singing it like the Gang vocals on it and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. And then say, the kind uh, of repetitive. I think it was Ed Stasium, Stasium, their producer. I, he called it like a, a mini Ramones orchestra. Yeah, I could see that. Like, and then again, it goes with their compositions. Like, they're definitely they're you know um, working in some other ways of like making their music different and unique and and you know yeah and continuing to grow their 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 skills and sound so um so yeah freaking teenage lobotomy and then i got number 2 rockaway beach yes. got another kind of surfer rock type uh song oh, should be very very similar to that california sun feel from the uh, from that last record and yeah yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, again, it's another catchy song, very melodic. Um, very, uh, you can sing along to it, and it's. Uh, I think it's another one of the earlier, uh, uh, another one of the earlier Ramon songs that I listened to. That like I kind of got to know the Ramones, and some of the other ones like Teenage Lobotomy and We're a Happy Family. Those weren't weren't, and that's why I was excited to get back to this list because. Um, you know, I, I remember picking up the record and, and listening to these songs and it's like, oh wow. Like it's so great. Like the Ramones have such a catalog of, of great songs. Um, and they're, and, and they're just the sound, their sound is just so unique to them. And I think that's why these like first three records, including this one, it's, it's so quintessential Ramones. Like it's, it's the Ramones sound. Um, so yeah, number two, Rockaway Beach. And I've got for number one, I've got Sheena is a punk rocker. Nice. Um, probably the one you probably hear on the radio all the time, or you know, it's the single for sure. But I don't know. I really like this song, dude. Again, kind of some it's of the one. kind of the um, the kind of um, duop kind of sound, the kind of call and response. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just a fun song. Sheena is a bar- I don't know, man. I, I, Sheena I like this song. Is a bar- Sheena Yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. And to say punk rocker, like I don't know like was that, that term barely even around what, back then, you know? It's like, yeah, it, it was yeah, was that a you know, and now it's like they're identifying with like you know, of course, uh, this this uh, term, this uh, the audience, you know, like and the punk music, you know, like that's they they were one of the, the you know the forefront you know bands that were kickstarting that time and that and the punk movement in in New York and like 
um, that's crazy. Like to now have a song establishing like this is a movement. This, you know, this is the identity that this, you know, we're putting in this character and, um, yeah, it's, it's very fascinating. So, um, yeah, Rocket to Russia, man. Overall, my, probably one of my favorite ones so far, dude. I mean, it's a good, solid fucking record. It is. And again, going back, quintessential, like it's, it's core, it's Ramones at its core, you know, again, very, you know, when you hear these songs, it's like you immediately think of the Ramones because it just, it just, it has their sound. It has all the different elements and, um, yeah, that's, that's my five for that one, dude. I love it. I'm I'm interested to hear yours because there, there are a couple other songs on this, on this uh, record too. We've got a lot of the same, man. Um, Sheena's punk rocker was my number five, but I'm going to change it um, just so we can talk about because there I was I was on the fence about another one just so we can talk about a different one. Um, number five, do you want to dance? I just think of oh, like Tommy's song, drum. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Do you want to dance? Hold my hand. You know, I, I think it's oh, I think it's a cover, but um, and they you know uh, what's what's the other cover? Um, it's another one about dancing on their first record. Oh shit! I oh. I think it was on your Ooh. list. I have, oh, I man, I'm gonna have to go back. Um, but, um, anyway, yeah. So it, I don't know. Whatever the remote thing about dancing, it's it's gonna be a good time. Um, but yeah, they fuck. What was that one? I'm yeah. I'm thinking of it right now. Oh, oh, oh let's see if I can beat you. Um, it was off their their uh, self title, right? I believe so. Yeah. Is it Let's Dance? Let's Dance. You got it. You got it. You beat me. Um, let's dance. Yeah. So, but this one, do you want to dance? So, yeah. Pretty pretty fun. <laughs> pretty fun. Um, number four, I put Rockaway Beach. Um, and I always think of Pacifica's Rockaway Beach, even though I know it's that's not the one. Um, <laughs> for me, it is. Um, yes. Number three, We're a Happy Family. Um you know, and it's it is. It's got that attitude. You're right, and I really love. Um, I really love the end of the song where they the Ramones had a lot of fun in the studio. You know, turning up or down their voices. Uh, you know, what's uh, fuck it, Joey? You know, have you seen my socks? And you know, all the other Ramones are like giggling and stuff, and and ultra, <laughs> their voices like. Eh. And he's like, where are my safety pins? And, you know, I don't know. I really love <laughs> when they would do that kind of shit at the end of a song. Um, they're just having fun. Um, yeah. Number two, Teenage Lobotomy. 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 You know, it's just, it's so good. It's like fucking get your blood going. You know, if you've ever felt like an outsider, you know, that's that's your jam right there. It's, it's jam, dude. Fucking great. Um, number one, they're fucking the first song on the album, dude. Cretan Hop. Um, Damn. Okay. Yeah. Johnny's guitar. There's no stopping the Cretans from hopping. Like it's so good. It's so good. I love that song so fucking much. I think that'd be such a fun song to play live. Good opener too. Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to say it's either Ramones Raw or something where it, it had footage of them playing uh, in Rome right outside the Vatican. And just I think they, they let off with Crete and Hop. And watching Johnny's strum, 
because, you know, to play that fast, what I do is I go up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I can get pretty fucking fast. But that motherfucker just went down, 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 down. And like to be able to fucking play that fast with that kind of stroke. That takes so and much. Still, and still keep a rhythm. Still keep yeah. a fucking rhythm. But like, you know, like keeping in time is one thing, but to keep a rhythm is is something else. And, That's such uh, a staple, like signature of like his sound, right? Yeah, his guitar playing, like that—that that crazy fast, you know. And then the chords moving, you know, and these like that. Yeah, that song it definitely has these again a, a, a core Ramones thing, especially for um, for for Johnny, like yeah. you know, having these like moving kind of lines happening and just like I don't know. It's it's such a again a, like when I hear those sounds, it's like Ramones. You think Ramones immediately. You have to be a confident guitar player to play downstrokes like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because timing and and especially, uh, I don't know how the hell he did it for a whole show. Dude. All the way through. That dude. hurts. <laughs> that hurts. It's like an um, endurance test, you know? It really is. Um, but yeah, the Ramones are, you know, if you've never seen them live, you got to watch footage of them because they're just weird and crazy and fucking unbelievable they're yeah. unbelievable they're very yeah they're very interesting to watch live and um again yeah unbelievable man you, you picked the right word for that one yeah so awesome yeah well shawnee it has come uh to a time where i need to ask you uh if you have anything cool you want to share this week uh nothing much really just check out that podcast i guess if you guys are interested in that kind of uh weird crazy stuff um uh, I already forgot the name. I just like literally started <laughs> listening to it yesterday. Um, but it is called again, the end of the world with Josh Clark. Um, I found it on right now. I'm listening to on stitcher.com. I, I don't have, um, Apple music or anything like that. So, um, yeah, so check it out. And the last one episode I listened to was called, uh, what was it here? Uh, Fermi paradox. Oh, that was that was an interesting one. Um, just just listen to it. There's some weird stuff in there. Um, Hell yeah. You know about uh, and it's you know it's they have actually notable like you know scientists and physicists go on the show, um, to at least you know say you know some of these concepts and it is a definitely a you have to kind of sit down and listen kind of show like yesterday i can't just have it on yeah yeah it it is definitely it is definitely one of those like deeper podcasts where it's like okay like i'm down to like listen to this and just kind of get into the into what it what they're saying and um but you know i'm always interested in just kind of random stuff like that and um you know just to just to see uh, i think there's the next one i'm gonna uh, watch or listen to is um their artificial intelligence one and um they're talking about you know you know, is artificial intelligence obviously possible and, you know, what's our concept of artificial intelligence and how that would kind of come to be in, in what we, in the technology we have today. And it, you know, it's pretty much like, you know, of course robots becoming sentient beings and, um, being able to, uh, what, what I found very interesting is like, it, it's like, uh, you know, robots and, you know, are, are it's, it's, algorithms and equations that we feed to them. So it's pretty much, 
Um, like that, I don't know if you saw about that. Read about that Facebook, the the um, the two like robots talking to each other or whatever. I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. But they had to shut it down because it was like spitting out gibberish. I guess it, it wasn't. That's really going right. Anywhere. Yes. But um, the theory with like that kind of stuff is um, it may seem like gibberish to us. I Maybe mean, we can't figure out an equation or you know some sort of algorithm to it. But maybe it's like their own. You know, they created their own, you know, obviously own language or way of speaking. And I think that's where, like, the scare of, like, artificial intelligence and, like, robots taking over and stuff. Because, like, once they can figure it out and maybe the equation is maybe they don't need the human being, then that's where it gets a little a little kind of crazy. So it's kind of a crazy concept. And, you know, I think it's possible, like, they you know teach robots and, you know, how to decipher colors and certain things. But... You know the, I guess the the choice of like, yeah, making choices and being able to create new types of thoughts or I guess algorithms. Um, it, it's crazy. I mean, with what we can do with computers now, and you know, our phone is pretty much a miniature computer in our palm. You know, I I could totally see artificial intelligence <laughs> kind of coming in there, and, and maybe that goes back to the conspiracy theories. You know, will art, artificial intelligence artificial intelligence eventually get to the point where it's like they're their own species and like, you know, will they get rid of us human beings who are flawed in many ways? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's very interesting podcast. You, you gotta check it. I mean, if you just want to kind of escape for a little bit and just, just dive in and you know, it's all, it's all theories and, but they try to back it up with some stuff that's, you know, you know, what, what information we have now, um, which is really cool and interesting. You kind of learned some new stuff, so. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's what I got to share. Um, Joe, do you have anything to share this week? Yeah, the uh, the Coen Brothers' new film on Netflix, uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, I is, just watched that too, dude. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It is gorgeous to watch. Um, it, oh, yeah, it is, dude. It's, it's really just a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's it's... It's dark, it's funny, it's sad, it's wonderful. Um, check it out. It's it's a Western, but it's unlike any Western you've probably seen, and, and like all the Westerns you've ever seen. Um, so yeah, the Coen Brothers, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I'm, you know, no spoilers, um, but it is an anthology film, so there's six different stories. Um, yeah. And... They range in tone and style and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I like the uh, not to spoil anything, but I like the one with Tom the Tom Waits, uh, the gold the gold miner. That was my favorite too. That was my yes. favorite one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right, dude. I, I saw it and <laughs> it was so awkward because I saw it with uh, we. I didn't know about the film until like. It was just, you know, put up on the screen. Um, and I, we started watching it at Tara's family's place for Thanksgiving. Oh, right on. And we, I think we don't, I don't think we finished it because it was getting like a little too dark. And we're just like, oh, maybe it was just like lighten the mood with something else. But <laughs> um, I guess fair warning, yeah, warning, I guess it is like definitely, there's some darker themes in there. Like yeah. the story with like Liam Neeson, when he, the one that he stars in. That was oh, cool. that wasn't even the darkest shit, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely. A lot darker than that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I really liked it. And I guess going into it not expecting the kind of short stories, I I, I didn't wasn't really – I had no um, background into what it was and 
Um, I don't think I even read the book before. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting, man. Very interesting. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. It's good time. It's good watch. Um, Shawnee. Yes. Where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Hey, you guys can find more of my work on uh, Instagram at Sean Day Music, and then also on my website, SeanDayMusic.net. Sunday. Um, Joey, where can we find your work? Uh, you can find me at uh, my website, JoeyPartyScripts.com. Um, and other than that, I'm a ghost. 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 Um, but you can check out the show. We are not a ghost. Um, we are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Google Play. Uh, you can check us out uh, at Top Five Pod. That's T O P F I V E five um, P O D on Twitter, on Instagram, at gmail.com. And you can check us out on Facebook at Top Five Podcast. Please listen. Please like, comment, follow. Um, let's rather repeat all that shit. Um, we do appreciate it. And we want to hear your top five. Am I right? Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 A great amen. Yes. Um, Shawnee, this has been great. Until next time, I'm Joey Prodi. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we're pretty fucking weird.